So Psalm 145, verse 3 and 4 says, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and His greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. This is what it's all about. One generation shall declare your works to another. This is why I wanted to get the kids up. Because it's a testimony, and you know what it's a testimony to? It's a testimony to parents. It's a testimony to this church that the young ones are learning about God. And they can declare His mighty acts. They know that He is a good God. And they can share that to others as well. And this is what we need to be doing. So today I want to continue on that theme and I want to expand our thinking a little bit. I want us to allow ourselves to dream a bit bigger. Sometimes we forget that He is the creator of the universe. Thank you, Elliot. Sometimes we forget that He is the creator of the universe, but He is. He created all things. With man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Jeremiah 32, verse 17, says, Our sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Nothing is too hard for you. So there's nothing in your life that's too hard for him. But we need to be like these little children who they hear about God, they can hear about what He has done in the past, and they say, He can do that again. Of course He can heal the sick. He can do that again. He can provide amazing provision. As Michael was saying, they were stuck in the city, they were under siege, and there was no hope. There was no hope. With man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. So, um, Matthew 18.3 says, Truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. So let us believe like little children. He is our Father and we are His children. So, I'd like to go through a couple of stories today as we expand our thinking as we allow God to be God and to exalt Him for who He is. So God is creator, and He stretched out the heavens. Isaiah 45 verse 12 says, I have made the earth and created man on it. I, my hands, stretched out the heavens, and all their hosts I have commanded. All the hosts of heaven, all the stars and all the planets, and here we are on earth, one little planet in the entire universe, and he cares about us. I have made the earth and created man in it. I, my hand, stretched out the heavens and all their hosts I have commanded. As I said before, with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Do we believe that? 
Do we believe that he is king of the universe? And yet he's our father as well. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Who were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in Babylon. They'd been exiled out of Israel. They were not in their own home. And Daniel had found favor, and so he had put Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in administrative positions to look after the affairs of all the regions on behalf of the king. They're administrators. They're looking after taxes. They're making sure that the laws are sent out and adhered to. And the king said, went and he built a huge golden idol to himself and said, when the music plays, everyone must bow down and worship this idol. So here's these three men put in a very difficult situation. They're out of their land. They're ex- exiles. They're under the political power of a tyrant who says, you must Worship this idol. You must bow down. So let's pick up the story. Um, in Daniel 3, 17 and 18. Okay, so, sorry, I skipped a bit there. I didn't want to re- be reading huge amounts of Bible, but I'm going to be anyway, so get ready for that. Um, but, so they, he, said, he set up the, the golden idol and he said, when the music plays, you must bow down. And they would not. And others came to the king and said, they're not bowing down. They're not doing what you told, you told them to do. And so the king calls them in. And he says, and he says to them, you must bow down. So this is their reply to him. If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the golden image which you have set up. So he sets up a golden image and he puts everyone in front of it and says, when the music plays, you must bow down and worship or you'll be thrown into the fiery furnace. And they say, no. We do not serve your golden image and we will not serve your golden image. And if you're going to throw us into that fiery furnace, God will save us. And if he doesn't save us, it doesn't matter. We will not worship your golden image because he is God and you are not. That takes guts. And these guys are just administrators. So into the furnace they went. Daniel 3.22. We'll pick up the story again there. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound, into the midst of the burning and fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? 
They answered and said to the king, True, O king. Look, he answered, I see four men, loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And from, um, in the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. They, they made that fire so hot that the men that carried Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego bound, they carried them to the, to the furnace and went to throw them in, and they themselves died. They were burned up. The, the fiery furnace was so hot. And these three men fall in, and they wander around in the fire. They walk around in the fire, and there another man is with them. And King Nebuchadnezzar himself says, The form of the fourth is like the Son of God. God was there with them in that furnace. These are just men who said, We will not bow down to any other God. We don't know whether God, God will save us or not, but He is God and you are not. So we will not bow. Isn't that an amazing story? Is anything too difficult for the Lord? Nothing is too difficult for the Lord. Gideon. Don't you love the story of Gideon? Here is a man who is in a land that is being oppressed by the Midianites. They're coming through and raiding parties and stealing all of the food. And so here is Gideon trying to supply for his family, standing in a wine press, threshing the wheat. Now, I know none of us are farmers, but I'm sure you've heard that you don't thresh wheat in a wine press. That's what you do when you're hiding. You usually thresh wheat on the top of a hill so that the wind can blow away all of the chaff. So he's hiding in the wine press, just trying to eke out an existence for his family. But an angel appears. Judges 6, verse 11 where we pick up the story. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat down under the terebinth tree, which was in Oprah, which belongs to Joash the Abezrite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. There's a con contradiction there, isn't there? Here's a man hiding in a wine press, and the angel appears and says, The Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. I have a good friend who was inspired by this verse to write a little, a little song. Rejoice, mighty warrior, the Lord is with you. When the winds and waves come, tell them to be still. Rejoice, mighty warrior. The Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. Verse 13, Gideon said, O my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? 
But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. The Lord has forsaken us. The men and women of Israel had been doing what God told them to proclaim his mighty acts to the next generations. They'd been telling the stories. They knew the miracles. They'd heard what God could do. And yet, what does their situation tell them? Where is God? Here we are being oppressed by the Midianites. Where is God? Does, Midian, uh, does um, Gideon sound like a mighty warrior to you yet? Verse 14. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? Go in this might of yours. He hasn't shown any might yet. He's still hiding in the wine press. But what does God see in him? He sees the potential in him. He sees a man who is remembering the stories of old and crying out to God, saying, Where are you, God? We need you, God. Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So he said to him, O my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. You shall defeat the Midianites. I will go with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites. We won't go through the rest of the story, but he did defeat the Midianites. They sent out word throughout the land for all the fighting men to come up so that they could go against the Midianites. And 30,000 people turned up. And God came along and said, there's too many here. There's too many. So Gideon got up and said, anyone who's scared, go home. And 20,000 left. This is, this is the man that was hiding in the wine press. And God says, I'll go with you. And so 30,000 people turn up. Yes, maybe we've got a chance here. And then God sends 20,000 away. But he doesn't stop there. Continues to whittle it down till 300 are left. 300 men against the forces of Midian. And yet, by God's perfect strategy, they defeated them and liberated Israel. With 300 men. They had 30,000. But God had a better plan. Let me read that, that little bit again. The Lord said, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. 
When the Lord is with us, is there anything too difficult for him? Philip Philip preached to the eunuch as he was traveling on the road. Acts verse 8, sorry, Acts 8 verse 35 is where we're going to pick up the story. Um, oh, so I need to give you a bit of background. So um, Philip was beside the road and a eunuch from, e- from Ethiopia was coming by in his chariot. And he invites Philip up into his chariot to, and to teach with him the scriptures. And so that's where we pick up the story. Acts 8.35. Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at the scripture, at this scripture preached Jesus to him. Now as they went down the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, see, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Awesome, we've got a convert. Philip's been preaching with this guy who he met on the road. And he, has, and he says, I want to give my life to Christ. I want to be baptized. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. Now when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away, so that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found in Azotus, and passing through he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. So here's this story that we have of Philip preaching Christ to another man as they rode in the chariot. And this man is touched to the heart and he says, I want to be saved. I give my life to Christ. I believe that he is the Son of God. And so they stop at water and he's baptized. And as they come out of the water, Philip is caught away by the Spirit, such that the eunuch didn't see him again. Hang on, what What did God just do? Is, is, is anything too hard for the Lord? Here we have a story of God just taking a man out, out, of, out of a situation because of his plans. The Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away so that the eunuch saw him no more. Philip was just sharing Christ to this man. God had brought him there just to share Christ to this eunuch. And then suddenly he's caught away to another place to continue preaching. I want us to expand our thinking and understand that God is great and amazing. What other stories could could we have had kids or or parents share. We could have talked about the the pillar of fire that led the Israelites through the desert. We could have talked about the Red Sea being split open so that they could walk through on dry ground. 
We could have talked about the 10 plagues that came on Egypt to convince the king to let his slave army leave. We could have talked about, and indeed we did talk about um, Jesus raising people from the dead. We could talk about Elijah, uh, Ezekiel 39, I believe it is. Preach to these dry bones that they may live again. Do you remember that story? Are we proclaiming his mighty acts to the other generations around us? Are we proclaiming his mighty acts to ourselves? Is anything too difficult for the Lord? So let's take it to the next level. Let's have a little bit of a more, a little bit more of a think about these stories that we've just read from the scriptures. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were administrators, as I said. They were just trying to do their part while they were in exile. They're just they've been given a job to do, and they're just doing it with integrity. And suddenly they're put in a situation where they must bow down or they may be, must be thrown into a situation where they will surely die, but for God. And they just said, look, it doesn't matter what happens to us. You are, God is God and you are not and we will not bow down. Do we have any administrators in the room? Their God is the same as your God. Hopefully you aren't gonna, about to be thrown into a fiery furnace. But what situations are you thrown into? Is anything too difficult for the Lord? Gideon, threshing wheat in a wine press. Hiding in a hole, just going about his daily grind, just trying to supply for his family. Maybe you can even think of him as running a business, trying to provide wheat for sale. He's just trying to do his little bit. But it's the cry of his heart, Lord, is, Lord, I know that you can do miracles, so where are you now? And he's the one God comes to. Here I am. You've called for me. You've, called, you, you've, you've, you've said that I can do miracles, and I'm here to do miracles with you. So, outwardly, none of us can see anything about Gideon that is mighty or powerful, but God sees his heart. Mighty man of valor. Are you a mighty man of valor? You're a mighty woman of valor? If God's in your heart, then yes, you are. He just chose to be available for God. And yes, he laid his fleece. 
He said, God, God, show me. Show me that you're with me. And then I'll do it. So maybe you need to lay your fleece. But he is with you. Are you willing to cry out in the situations that you find yourself in and say, God, where are you? Use me, send me. Philip was just sharing Christ with, with a man he met. Someone who was hungry for Christ, hungry to know about God. And Philip was the one that God brought into his path. And he was just available to share Christ. And God does this amazing miracle and catches him away to continue preaching to others. He brought him there just for that one situation. Are we available for God to move? So we never know what's coming around the next corner. I think COVID taught us that. We never know when things are going to change. The, industri- the major industries of the world are still shifting and changing and trying to find a new normal. But think about these situations as well. Gideon is in the land of Israel, and yet the Midianites are oppressing them, are stealing everything from them. Has anyone noticed that it feels like your money is being stolen out of your pocket when you go and buy some groceries? That grocery bill just keeps on climbing. We don't know what's around the next corner. But is anything too difficult for the Lord? Think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They are diligently serving another, in in exile, serving for another kingdom, and just doing it with integrity. And yet they're presented with the choice of do this, bow to this other God or die. And they just said, that is a line I will not cross because God is God and you are not. And we will not bow down. He is the creator who commands the heavens. And there is nothing too difficult for the Lord. With man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And are we willing to do our part? There's some here today that are just passionately serving the Lord. There's a couple here I could name, name names and doing it in different ways. My mother-in-law, Shirley, is here, and she is passionate about reaching children for Christ. And she works her butt off doing it. 
She is the fundraising queen. <laughs> and a few years ago, I got the privilege of praying for um, Breton Shaw. And the word that God had me bring was, the fields are wide unto harvest. Pray that the Lord send laborers. The harvest is ready, but the laborers are few. There is work to be done. And we are here as ambassadors for him. That's why we're here. Passionately serving him. Keith is passionate about business and about seeing businessmen be able to serve Christ where they are. To be able to be Christ where they are. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are just serving with integrity for another kingdom in another land that is not their own. And God uses them there mightily. Annie Vi, I was speaking to her the other day, and she is passionate about reaching people for Christ, about serving people. What are you passionate about? What are the gifts and talents that God has placed in you so that you can serve? Maybe it's hospitality. Maybe it's just caring for other people. Maybe you've got a gift of pastoral, like a pastoral gift where you just love on people. You notice when someone isn't there and you call them up and say, hey, you okay? I noticed you weren't at church. Please serve. In that way, if that is your gifting, I used to be a youth pastor, and I'm not pastoral. I had to learn a lot to go out of my way and be deliberate about it. Thankfully, my wife is much more pastoral than I am. What is God, what is the passions and the talents and the spiritual giftings that God has placed in you that you can serve in? So what does it look like for you? Because he's there with you every step of the way. With man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. So I didn't want to keep us for too long today. But I do want to finish up by reading Romans 8, starting at verse 35. Because I think this is a good reminder for us all. Who he is. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us 
from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Can I have the worship team come up if they're available? Let me read that again from verse 38. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I want us to expand our thinking. I want us to remember that there is nothing too hard for the Lord. So have a bit of a think about where has He placed you? Where do you work? Where are you, what's your friend group like? What's your sphere of influence? Who are the people that you speak to every day? Is there, are there people that you see at the coffee shop when you go and get a coffee? Do you ride public transport? Think about all the people that God has placed before you. And how can you show this love to them? What are your gifts and talents? If it's teaching, find a place to use that gift. Maybe you need to start writing. Maybe you need to just get back into the Word of God and dwell, meditate on His Scriptures. Are you an intercessor? Are you making time to spend time in prayer? Wherever we are, whatever we're doing, are we available to be used by Him? Because it's not about us. We're just the vessel that He can use. Think of Gideon. He, he had no plans to wipe out the Midianites. He was just saying, God, where are you? Where are the miracles that we've heard of of old? Why are you allowing us to be oppressed? And God says, I can use that, mighty man of valor. I don't know what your situation's like. But are you a vessel that he can use? Because it's about him. It's not about you. There is nothing too difficult for the creator of the universe. And we just need to be available. So Father God, we just thank you today. Thank you that you are the king of the universe. You are God and we are not. Lord God, I thank you that no matter what the situation, no matter what the circumstance, though 
though things may look completely impossible, with God, with you, all things are possible. So Lord, I just pray this week as we go about our day, Lord, help us, teach us how we can just be a vessel that you can use. Help us to create time in our day to listen to you, to hear your voice. Lord, help us to use the gifts, the spiritual gifts, the talents that we've got just to praise and worship you, just to be available for you. And Lord, we thank you that above all, you are the creator of all. And nothing can separate us from your love. Nothing can separate us from your love. So Lord, I just pray that this word would rest upon us. Lord, I pray that you would allow this to settle deeply in our spirit. so that we can just trust in you and look to you and be willing and open just to say, Lord, we trust you. We will be faithful to what you ask us to do. Thank you.